0: You, you know nothing of my work. How you ever got to teach a course in anything is totally amazing.
1: You're listening to The Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. Hi, everyone. The great Canadian media guru Marshall McLuhan made the observation that the medium is the message. Today, the medium for virtually every public company in the Western world is the World Wide Web.
0: The IR website is sort of the de facto source of information um, for investors, for analysts, for potential shareholders.
1: Paulina Brown has her eye on the latest IR website trends. And there's
0: all these new digital tools that you can implement. So people are always asking, "Well, what's everyone else doing? Or what's the best thing?"
1: On today's program, what everyone else is doing and what the best thing is, we'll ponder the possible when it comes to making your company's IR website a bright and robust standout in this harsh digital landscape. But first, here's this week's ticker news update. U.S. companies are increasing face-to-face contact with investors. Wall Street Horizon data shows direct investor meetings have risen 26% in year-on-year numbers across 2017. The areas with the biggest growth are analyst and investor days. The corporate event information provider says drivers behind the trend include IRO's desire to control the corporate message, the pressures on the sell side to cut both costs and their activity as middlemen, and cheaper and better targeting technology. The world's economy may be in the late cycle stage, but only 18% of global fund managers think equities have peaked. Bank of America Merrill Lynch's April survey shows 40% expect a peak in the second half of 2018, and a similar proportion believe equities won't peak until 2019 or later. Still, their equity allocations have shrunk to an 18-month low of 29%, down from 41% in March. The survey also found a record 33% of investors think corporate balance sheets are over leveraged. And finally, in what some see as a landmark case, U.S. financial services firm Home Street has won court backing in its efforts to stop a hedge fund firm putting its own director candidates on the ballot ahead of Home Street's AGM in May. At issue was the company's advance notice bylaw. Investor Blue Lion Capital argued Home Street's bylaws presented a myriad of procedural hurdles designed to block shareholder proposals on non-substantive grounds. However, the court disagreed. Kai Leikafet, who is representing Home Street, tells IR Magazine this is, quote, the first time a court applying Delaware law has ruled that there has been a failure to comply with disclosure requirements and therefore precluded an investor motion from a proxy contest. cool in the slang form has come to mean involved deeply participative deeply engaged everything that we had formerly met by heated uh, uh, argument is now called cool okay so you have a compliant website good work but you want to be cool you work for a cool company, and you want to have a cool website. A cool website tracks cool people. But who is to tell you what's cool? Well, we just happen to have someone on today's show that actually happens to know a thing or two about the latest IR website trends. Cool website bling like intuitive navigation and analytics trackers. The kind of stuff that can make your IR website both useful and This is important. Cool. Paulina Brown is Business Development Manager and Director of US Marketing Communications at global IR technology company EQS Group. She's just published a white paper on the latest digital tools for IR websites. You can find it at irmagazine.com. Or you can listen to our conversation. We spoke of elements and analytics, video and stock charts. Transparency and vulnerability, the increasing demand for a personal touchpoint in the digital agora, and we even touched on the downside of podcasts, as there actually is one. Whatever the media, Brown believes the most effective investor messaging is at once easy to digest, but that also inspires an emotional response.
0: Absolutely, and I think that sometimes that piece is maybe the piece that gets lost because of course the IR website it is about data. it is about numbers. it is about having that um, you know easy access point for investors. but yeah the flip side of that is that it's a very, very important tool in terms of storytelling and in terms of the narrative. So, You know, talking about what's guiding your company. You know, what is the long-term success strategy? And those are the things that sort of tap into that emotional response, um, which I think is what can really augment the power that your IR website has.
1: Can Can you sort of talk a bit more about that? Like, what makes for an emotional experience on an IR website?
0: You know, everyone's seen an IR website, there's always the boxes that you want to, you know, have ticked. So, the piece your contact details, you have the good site map, it's, you know, easy to access. Um, it has the blend with your corporate site. And then there's all of these other things that you can incorporate that really sort of bring in the idea of the communications and the messaging. And these are the pieces that I think create more resonation with your shareholders. So, things like having... Um, pictures of your management team or your board. So there's actually sort of that visualization of the people who are making these big decisions for the company or the trajectory. Um, making sure that you know everything looks flush and that it looks good aesthetically. You want to have this calling card for investors that shows them that someone's put a little bit of effort in to make their lives easier, to be transparent to have this branding there. Um, and I think that those pieces, um, in, in addition to using things like potentially video clips, um, having uh, rich media, so maybe some photographs about your products or even in corporate governance sections, what your facilities may look like. Those are the little touch points that you have with the shareholder community that can make your company look more like this living, breathing thing, as opposed to having a static site that, you know, maybe is a little bit on the dry side and, you know, it's covered in cobwebs outside of the updated financial documents that you need to update. You want to have um, that, first of all, that really clear storytelling piece, so making sure that there's um, a description of, your investment thesis? What are the principles that are guiding you? Um, you know, then you're having the interactive content in terms of data. So instead of just having a bunch of PDFs that are sitting on um, you know, this IR webpage, you're having um, good data visualization so people can actually engage with the numbers, um, do peer comparisons, maybe have them visualized as a, a graph or a pie chart. Um, Then you can download them in Excel, which is, you know, it um, saves time for analysts and investors who are maybe going to be otherwise entering all of this financial information by hand into Excel. Then maybe providing a glossary. If you're working in an industry where your investor community may not be familiar with um, certain elements of your business... Then a video from the C about your corporate governance statement. So I think all of these things can create a lot of value um, and a lot more touch points with your investors um, as opposed to having sort of a bare bones website that may be difficult to navigate, that may be um, difficult to understand where certain financial documents or materials are being stored. Again, I think this is true for all websites. If you go on a website and you want to buy a pair of sneakers, the harder it is to find the product that you want to get, the more discouraged you get, you get frustrated, and then you just abandon your shopping cart. Mm, So you want to make sure that if you have content on your IR website, it's easy to find, it looks good, and people can actually utilize it in the way that it's intended to be utilized
1: the point has been made to me that when designing websites and providing an IR contact, even for the largest company, you really should put their name in there. You know, uh, irinfo at company.com just doesn't cut it. Uh, They won't follow it up.
0: You know, this is a, a great point that you're making because I think that that feedback is speaking to general trends that we're seeing, I mean, not only in investor relations, but across all digital industries. So, There is a much higher demand to have that personal touch point. It's not enough to have this dry, personality website where you just have an anonymous, you know, info at blank, you know, some domain, but email address. People want to know what does your IRO look like or what does your CEO look like? I think as a sort of digital society, the benchmark for those touch points keeps going up and up. Um, we've all gotten so used to having photographs and easy access and sort of the instant gratification of great websites that it's sort of it's a detriment to you to not, you know, keep pace with those emerging trends mm-hmm. because I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, websites were a completely different beast, and, you know, you could easily get away with a few lines of text, and, you know, they weren't even regulated in the same way, or the requirements were completely different. Today, it's a little bit of a different ballgame. You want it to look good. You want to be able to contact someone immediately. You want to be able to subscribe to an RSS feed and make sure that you're notified when they post something, um, you know, a financial statement. So there's all of these sort of connection touch points that are now just sort of the minimum requirement for a good IR site.
1: The white paper touches on uh, the importance of being candid, um, even vulnerable. Here are the headwinds uh, to our strategic plan and so on. That way you set yourself apart from your competitor's uh, BS, basically.
0: People are very good at um, assessing or, or sort of smelling in the air when someone is being a little bit opaque about a narrative. And, um, you know, we, we've done a lot of sort of talks about um, the whole ESG domain and how that's been developing. But, you know, that's part of corporate governance, which is another thing you should have on your IR website. Um, because, again, it's really talking about long-term strategy. Are you aware of potential risks? What is your industry like? You know, do you have your blinders on? Are you telling me the real story? Is there going to be a surprise that no one's going to like? And, you know, to your point, I think being able to have this platform where you can be candid and, um, you know, take control of your narrative is, is really, really critical because the flip side of that is that you don't provide this sort of honesty, this, you know, potential vulnerability, and what's going to happen is that someone's going to do the research and create that narrative for you, and, you know, that's an area that I don't think any team wants to deal with, you know, that scenario, whether it's an IR team or a PR team, because that's when things can get a little sticky, and one of the things that I do touch on very lightly in the IR white paper is... Um, another hot topic, I think, is the recent growth of activist investors. And if there is an area where it was in your business model, within your company, that people start getting a sense that you're being opaque, you're not really doing the right thing. And it might be that you are doing the right thing, but you're just not talking about it that sort of opens up the door for people to step in and, you know, try to take the reins on that scenario. And um, I think by having that personal touch point, so, you know, having a statement from your board, a statement from the CEO, um, really providing good information about your supply chain, um, how you're handling uh, maybe diversity issues or compensation issues. So, Taking the opportunity to put that on your site in a very visible and easy to find way, I think people respond well to that.
1: I asked Brown exactly what sorts of technology she had in mind. As an example, she pointed to stock charts.
0: You go on websites and sometimes you have a tiny stock chart where you don't really get a lot of information. It's sort of this static image that's, um, you know, tiny and that doesn't create a lot of value. So, a tool that you could use, you know, get a stock chart where you let your um, investors benchmark your company against other competitors, and you know, in in your industry. Again, this is talking about transparency people want you to be real. So, can you benchmark? Can you download that data into Excel? Um, can you tell your story through the stock chart? So, having your press releases integrated in your actual stock chart so people know maybe why your share price is jumping around or if there's M&A activity that's happening. You go on a website and you see the stock chart that's you know, you're, you're having like Windows 95 PTSD flashbacks, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, you can't do anything to it, and it's not even using the same colors as, the, um, you know, the corporate branding, and of course, you know, it it does communicate the, you know, the facts that are necessary, but, you know, you don't want to go on a site and be like, oh, like, these people don't care, They they're not even updating this, and it's... You know, I, I'm now going to have to do some this is all this manual input, um, and by having you know, just keeping on this stock chart topic, having a stock chart where you can actually do something with it. So you can save it as a graphic. You can download all of the Excel numbers. You can use it to benchmark against peers. Um, you can you know click on and. Part of a stock chart, and it tells you that um, you know dividends were paid out. You know, it just creates so much depth in the you know IR experience. Uh Um, I think it really changes the way that you know people interact with your website.
1: Basically, says Brown, it's all about interactivity. Interactivity: the involvement of users in the exchange of information with computers and the degree to which this happens. Right. Well, if you want the Cambridge Dictionary definition,
0: you know that's that's the big sort of the red thread here is that people are really expecting to be able to interact more with websites. Um, so you know you have you know you have to cater to the you know masses. You know give the people what they want, and it only benefits you because. If you have a really robust great IR website, that's fantastic because you can plug in all of your analytics and you can get so much information about how investors are actually using your IR website. It's fantastic for you too.
1: Wait, hey, what was that? Suddenly this was getting all very Cambridge Analytica. I asked Brown just what exactly was tracked. Practical that you can learn about your users through through their, you know, as they meander through your website.
0: It really gives you a better picture of understanding um, the behavior of investors or, you know, analysts who are visiting their website. So, of course, you're going to get the page views, you're going to get a bounce rate, um, you're going to get those classic numbers. But the other interesting thing is, is that you get a lot of insight if you have these digital tools where people can, for instance, download something in Excel or download an image library or if you have a financial document library, you can see exactly what documents people are downloading. You can see what numbers people are actually clicking on. So, we also do a lot of work with digital reports, and this is a classic example of an area where you get a ton of insight on um, how people are engaging with your content. So, let's say you have a digital annual report that's hosted on your IR website, at that point, you can see exactly what pages people are clicking on, which hyperlinks are they sending around. You know, maybe there's a section of your annual report or um, maybe you have an ESG report that has really um, become a hit. And you can see that people are now sending that around on social media or you can use, um, you know, even your IR team internally can use, specific hyperlinks to create dialogue within the investor community um, to perform certain kinds of outreach. So, once you're dealing with hyperlinks, once you're dealing with clickable content, you have a much greater ability to track these data points because if you have a static 40-page PDF that you're sending around as an attachment, I mean... Outside of recording how many times you've sent that email, you may not really have a lot of insight on what people are actually doing with that document or what sections are people really engaging with. So, not only can you sort of get, I guess, data on what's a success, you can also get a lot of insight on the parts of your site that maybe aren't doing so well. If you see that there is content that you think is important and it's never being visited, no one's ever clicking on it, no one's downloading X, Y, and Z, that might be a really good indicator to your team that you may want to optimize your site structure a little bit. Why is that content getting lost and why is it not being utilized in the way that you want it to be utilized? So that's an important um an important way that the IR team can actually be a little bit more agile. If there's a statement that someone has made and it's, it's getting buried in this web website, then, you know, before it becomes an issue, you know that, okay, we might need to push this out in uh, using some other strategy. We might want to put it on a different part of the website that has higher traffic. Um, it gives you that opportunity to roll with the punches, I
1: guess I would say. Which brought us to the topic of SEO, search engine optimization. Methods of making sure that the address of a website is shown near the top of the list of results of an internet search. I was going to say how people find you on the web.
0: SEO, I mean, that is a monster of a subject. (laughs) So, um, I think outside of the, the general, you know, IR team, but it's an important to pay attention to if you have any sort of digital presence. And I think anyone who listens and has a website knows that this is, you know, it's a long-term, it's not a one-off game, it's it's an ongoing project, but making sure that that's optimized so that people can find your IR website easily, whether they're coming in from Google like you or coming in through Maybe, maybe you have people who are still searching on yahoo.com or, you know, any other search engine. You want to make sure that people know how to find you and if they're looking for you online that they can do so easily. This is from a marketing perspective. There's also, you might be able, you might be doing campaigns based, you know, on Facebook or LinkedIn. Is that traffic getting routed? through um, marketing campaigns that you're doing, you know, depending on the industry that you're in, um, where is that traffic originating um, that will tell you quite a bit about your target audiences, the actual flow of visitors to your website. And again, that's just an, another useful data point to look at when you do this overview of your IR site, you know, you do the bird's eye view and you want to make sure that the storytelling is good, that the traffic is getting there. So, it's, it's another piece to the puzzle when we look at that and sort of assess the health of your digital presence.
1: Of course, another cutting-edge digital media tool is the podcast.
0: I, it sounds like a great idea. if It's something that would encourage um, the sharing of certain content, but I'm speaking sort of off, you know, this is my knee-jerk reaction. The only thing that I could see that would maybe be sort of maybe someone wouldn't want is that by hosting your content on a, a third party, by default, you're sort of um, pushing traffic away from your site. Um, when you have your, for instance, you mentioned the webcast, uh, so your earnings web, you know, you have web audio webcast that's there on your IR website, people have to access that content by going to your website, and then, you know, the hope is that they'll stay and they'll... Um, look at some additional content that you have there. Once you short circuit that process, and maybe you put some of that financial content on, on Apple, of course you'll probably get more people listening to it, but does that, does does that effectively uh, create the situation where you might lose an opportunity to have people go to your actual IR website?
1: One nice thing about podcasts is they are basically free. All these bells and whistles that Paulina is talking about.
0: Again, this is when you talk about your return on investment. You can, you can spend a lot of money on having something really bad on your, you know, having a really sort of unimpressive and an IR presence online that's not really giving you anything back. And, you know, of course the sky's the limit, but for a lot of these basic tools, it's not anything, you know, the prices aren't wildly, wildly different. Um, There's a lot of companies that provide these services. There's a lot of great tools out there and you don't even have to get all of them. You can get them a la carte. You can get a great stock chart. You don't have to spend a huge amount of money on revamping everything from your corporate website to your IR page. So I think that there's a lot of and fear that, oh, this is going to cost an arm and a leg. And the reality is that, you know, everything that's digital is is not, you know, what it used to be in terms of price. And there's a lot of transparency in the industry. You can shop around and find a price tag that works for you. So I don't think that it's very helpful to look at the idea of having a great IR website presence. And limit yourself by saying, well, we don't, we don't have the budget for this, so it's never going to happen. I think that there's a lot of little implementations that can be changed that can make a, a huge amount of difference.
1: That's all for this week's Ticker Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your programs. Coming up soon, the Europe IR Think Tank and Awards. That's June 28th in London. Plus, and and this is ultra cool, I promise you we'll have a report, an exciting new event, the IR Forum and Awards India. That's in Mumbai, folks, June 15th. Next week, more Mifid. My thanks to EQS's Paulina Brown. Thanks for listening. In Montreal, I'm Jeff Cossette.